0: Podcast. Good morning, Native America. Young and indigenous here. My name is Isabella James and I'm here with Connor.
1: Take it, Bay. All right, I'm Bay. <laughs> Just kidding. My name is Michelle Pulaski and I am 20 years old. Yay Podcast stands for Young and Indigenous, and that's who we are. We are doing this for our community members. We are trying to build bridges by bringing people together to share their concerns, stories, love, ideas, and more. But it is also for those people who are outside of our community who would like to learn more about us as Indigenous people from our podcast episodes. Right
2: Greetings, everyone. My name is Kyla Plasky. I am an enrolled Lummi Travel member, and my Indian name is Clem Wieselwit.
3: Now, Elisa Sinasnat, Eliza Sin, Gary Julius Tenaman, Nachisa Makwalia, Kuanasenat Tatchel, Nesli, Kuanasqual, Akakuinasqual, Autsenkechi, Chuklami Chasen, Iutatisen,
1: We are recording young and indigenous here in the homeland of the Lummi Nation.
2: I'd just like to point out that I think all of us here, we're on a journey to discovering who we are culturally. I think it's very important that We find our cultural identity, just so we can have like a better understanding of what it's like to be indigenous. And it definitely helps you find out who you are. You might know like who you are personality wise, but you also need to like find out who you are culturally, where you came from, who you are, your family. A big portion of being Native American and indigenous is knowing your cultural identity. And I think each of us here are on a journey of discovering that Eliza, what does it mean to you to be Indigenous?
3: To me, being Indigenous means that not only you are culturally active, but you have spiritual beliefs. I feel like being Indigenous is when you are connected with your own people and your tribe and you are grateful for what you have and you know the way of Native American life. That's what it
2: means to me. We are here open and willing to learn. We want to learn about the culture, the language, and we want to know more about what it feels like to be indigenous and We are turning to the community, we are turning to native students, and we are asking what it means to them to be indigenous. This topic is such a hard
1: question to answer because it's so huge. Like there are so many different answers and these other people will have their own unique answers as to how it connects to their life personally. But that'll give you a better view on everyone's different, diverse, but still common and connected indigenous way of life.
4: You know, to be indigenous, I have to go back 60 years, okay? I grew up, lived in the fishing village here on the Nooksack River. If I look back in that moment in time, my life was predetermined. I had no free will. So my name is Timothy Ballou Sr. I come from the Balt Celestine family on the female side, which originally came from Squim, the peninsula. On the male side, I come from the Solomon Ballou family. Um, If you can imagine being on a fishing boat when you're five years old with your father, grandfather, it was kind of predetermined who I should be. But in the same breath at that moment in time, you know, our elders, when I say elders, these people were 80 years old, 90 years old. These elders here in our families identified our gift as a indigenous person or a person in our family. And they helped each one of us refine our gift, who we are and what we're supposed to be in
5: family. We have a cultural bond with our ancestors. And when when one ancestor passes away, they give the younger generation a gift. And we need to find out what that gift is for us to be our full 110% of who we are as indigenous cultural people. Native Americans have an identity that we're born with and everybody calls it your spirit, call it whatever you want, but when you see a child and you say, oh, that," they're doing the same thing like my mother used to do. They're fishermen by heart. They're carvers by heart. They're sun dancers. do so, it's because we have our own identity as a nation and as individual people. If you don't find identity, you're gonna find it somewhere else.
6: My name is Tashina Jackson, and I am a proud member of the San Carlos Apache tribe in Arizona. When I think of indigenous, I think of pride because it's a sense of having that pride Knowing that not only me, but my ancestors have overcome so many struggles and have found the strength to fight through that. Being indigenous means being strong. Not only that, but having a sense of knowing where you come from and who you are. Spirituality is a big part of that for me. Just being outside in the nature, just going for a walk, just being in touch with Mother Earth, it's a very strong feeling. and. It makes me feel proud to know that not only me, but like I said, my ancestors before me have overcome so many things and um, have become triumphant over struggles in their lives. And if I have anything going on in my life today, I try to remember that and know that I have the strength within me and a long bloodline of strength before me to help me get through it.
4: I guess I'm going to talk about ceremony, yeah? I truly believe everybody practices something that they don't know where that came from, just because of the genetics. Not everybody's gonna be a drummer. Not everybody's gonna be a singer. Not everybody's gonna be a dancer. There's more to it than all of those things. Not everybody's gonna be a warrior, yeah? That warrior that's gonna protect our community. It was almost a society, yeah? And not everybody can be part of that society because we have to rely on other people in the community. Who's gonna drum for us if everybody's gonna dance? Who's gonna sing for us if we're all out there dancing? Do we dance when we're singing? I truly believe that we practice things even though we don't know it. That's part of who we are.
2: I feel like being Indigenous means protecting the language and culture and preserving it. Whether that means like just passing down the origin story or taking the time to learn your values and passing those on to your children.
4: Being Indigenous means family to me. We don't understand our family. If we don't understand our role are we like the European process? Is that a definition of colonization? So, you know, that's kind of a very short version of what I think happened to me 60 years ago.
7: My name is uh, Keith Jefferson. I'm originally from Canada, Vancouver, but I uh, moved here about 15 years ago. I carry my culture with a lot of pride my my language, my songs, and the dances, it's something i Carried close to me ever since my first breath of life, basically. It's been embedded to me because I was raised in the womb of my mother. She's been going through this as well. My parents took me travel to a lot of places and showed me a lot of great things that I'm very thankful for because now I have a lot of knowledge of, sense of what to do and direction where to go. It's been, carried me on through life
4: a lot, I would say.
7: It's... Really really
4: good. Being indigenous or being Lummi or Swinomish or Colville or no matter where we come from, you know, the songs represent something very strong of who we are and what the true gift of the song is. And I'm not so sure we talk about these things today to the general population in Indian country. Um, we do as a family... And it's important for us to continue to pass these things on to children and grandchildren. And I try to dedicate time to my grandkids, of really who we are and
8: where we come from. Being indigenous is being one with the land and also in harmony. I was uh, taught very early on. uh, We lived in a very traditional manner. So you're a spiritual being. You're not just a youngest son of 10. You're not just a father, grandfather, brother, son. You are a spiritual being living in harmony with nature.
4: I grew up on the water. I understand what the water is. I understand the importance of the natural world. You know, our our father and grandfather Well, my grandfather woke me up at 4 o'clock every morning, um, had breakfast. He would row out to Bellingham Bay, wouldn't use the motor. By the time we made it out to the fishing ground, it was daylight. That was kind of a routine, everyday thing for five or six days every week. And um, I really didn't understand that was a gift at that moment in time until I was probably eight or nine years old. I, I was taken these things for granted and finally he started educating me what it was like to be indigenous or be a Lummi member and, you know, he spoke of his time on the water and his time was a lot different than my father's and mine, yeah? I I don't want to say it was greater or lesser, you know, he lived in a different time and, you know, that... You know, it was uh, very humbling to me to listen to his story. History and stories of the natural world is what we grew up with. Every Sunday there was a different story about the natural world, what everything represented. When I speak of natural calendar, the plants and vegetation was telling us what species is coming, when to get ready to harvest, um, when we supposed to be out in the water. It's kind of different today. Water is a special thing for our people. And I, don't, I think we take it for granted today. Um, you know, water has no boundaries. It's going to go where it wants to go, when it wants to go. But that's part of the natural world, yeah? These are things that have been passed down to us from elders that witnessed and experienced these things
3: and to go off what you two were both saying i think that being indigenous is also having a sense of connection with everything around you we really appreciate the water and everything that it does for us and provides for us and we have our own salmon ceremonies just to show how thankful we are for mother earth giving us salmon and everything in the water
1: yeah like what you said earlier we're grateful
8: Being Indigenous, I remember this whole, this whole thing about being Indigenous, right? And, um, you know, Indigenous people all over the world, they call the Earth their mother. That's the way they understand it. They have this connection to their mo- mother, Earth. If you go to Australia, to Africa, indigenous people talk about the earth. For us, when you're born, we take the afterbirth, the mother takes it and buries it in the ground, putting back into the ground and tying us to the the territory, the land which we come from. And when we die, they used to put us in the trees and our, our flesh would come down. And the grass and that grows from the our ancestors. And so when we're looking at the ground, we see our ancestors there looking at us.
9: Joseph Fillary Jr., it's on its name. Sasia Gatnatza, Natan, Kwokwaltz, Naman, Atsun Kachik, Komichasin, Chuck Lemison. Hi, my name is Joseph Hilaire, Jr. My parents are Trina and Joseph Hilaire, Sr. I don't know the Lemmy language all that well. I'm still learning and I'm from the Lemmy nation and I also come from the village of Heidelberg. To be indigenous to me it means to have reciprocity with the land, air and water because for where I come from, there's a lot of natural and supernatural beings that come from the land, air and water. So there's, there's always going to be that respect.
1: What I think it is to be indigenous as well is when you see these people across the world who are indigenous to their own lands, wanting to protect their land more than the people who aren't doing it, you know, more than the companies, more than the people who colonized them. You know, the people who colonized them don't really care about the land itself. They just see money, they see oil, they see resources. But with the indigenous people, that's their home, it's sacred, it's their way of life, it's Mother Earth. So going back to what Steve Point says.
9: To be indigenous to me also means to stand in solidarity with Wet'suwet'en as the RCMP is invading their homeland and illegally arresting land defenders. Being indigenous to me also means to understand that uh, America and Canada are unethical and genocidal. For example, America has spent trillions of dollars on warfare where there's like no money being spent on finding our missing, murdered, indigenous women, girls, trans, and two-spirit people. And then it's the same in Canada too. The RCMP spent over $3 million in a matter of three months raiding Wet'suwet'en, Yinta, that First Nation territory. But there's still like the Canadian government's not spending any money on finding missing, murdered, indigenous women, girls trans two-spirit people in Canada so it's just it's very messed up that they can be spending all this money on messed up things but they they, they don't spend money on finding the first people that you know inhabited this land um, but yeah that's what indigenous means to me is to have reciprocity with land air and water and being respectful in every single way Aishka for having me I have gotta get going
10: Hello, everybody. My name is Terry Williams. I'm from the Upper Skagit and me Reservation. But in being Indigenous, it's uh, I think it's very, very special to me. Just because uh, we're not even one percent of the United States population for being Native American and whatnot. And it's just cool to say that I'm part of that that aspect of being rarity in this world. When I come to Lummi, you know, I, I, I can feel home, you know. I feel like a lot of places don't have this type of view, you know, when it's summertime, you know, that type of view that you get on uh, Lummi shore or on the, uh, the other side of Lummi, it's just very beautiful here. And it's just like, you have a strong connection here for some reason. I feel like a lot of people who are from different, different tribes can say that you get a strong connection here. It's, it just feels like safe and it's, it's very loving here, I'd say. <laughs>
4: I believe when you hear somebody speak language, deep down inside us, we understand what they're saying, how, they, how they're speaking to the community or a group of people. You can feel that oral speaking of what they're saying, even though we may not know what they're saying at that moment in time, but we, I think we understand that.
1: When you speak the language, you're speaking to your ancestors, and it goes back again. They don't know English. So when you speak it, you're not just speaking to the people who are there, you're also speaking to the ancestors because they're out there listening to us and watching. So I hope they would be really proud about what we're doing, you know? It's kind of like modern and connected to the tradition in some way, but it's really just like something to hold for our future generations, you know? Because they might not be reading books about this. They're not gonna read about our language, you know? It's gonna be more about through media, like how we're doing here at the Children of the Setting Sun Productions, you know? Create, share, educate.
2: I think it's totally okay that maybe we don't know as much about the culture than other people our age because we did go to a primarily white school, so we weren't exposed to learning as much as the language or culture, but we are here today, open and willing to learn, and I think it's okay to learn later on in life. I think it's great that we're trying to learn.
1: Yep, we're still here trying to do this podcast and trying to express what we feel like it is to be Indigenous today, even though this is such a hard question for us. That just shows how much culture we've lost and how much assimilation we have integrated into our lives. Like It's so hard for us to even talk about what it is to be Indigenous because of the assimilation.
2: As indigenous people do take the time in our lives to be culturally active whether that means helping the community or even taking the time out of your day to just learn the language whether that be one word or the whole introduction because the ancestors even when we just say thank you haishka they can understand what we're saying and they're grateful that we're at least trying
4: growing up they didn't tell us everything, how to do things. It was a, more or less a puzzle. They wanted us to figure out what our role was and how we supposed to conduct ourselves. But if we went out of boundary, we were corrected right away, sometimes corrected in public. And, um, you know, is that a good thing? I think so. That's where family and community really comes. I truly believe that, no matter who lives in this community with Lactamish people or growing up here, they all should have a community service goal. Make that small sacrifice and do something for the community or families. We need to still continue to go sit with elders in our community. If we don't, what really happens? I was told everything you want to learn about who you are, you have to go out and sacrifice time to go sit with these people. They'll share with you really what has taken place in their lifetime and my lifetime.
0: What it means to be indigenous to me, a lot of our elders say to practice your culture, practice your language, you know, go out and help your people, you know. Growing up, they've always said to me, you know, go to school and bring it back to your people. That's what I've always lived by, you know. Um, Growing up, I didn't really have my parents to show me my cultural ways, so my grandparents did. And I was actually really thankful for that, because if I didn't, I don't think I would have even been connected with those ways.
11: I'm Jack Troutman, I guess. I just feel it's like very, I have complicated feelings about it. I grew up, you know, in, in Seattle. I mean, I was kind of maybe abstractly proud to be indigenous, but it was hard because I didn't really know any that many indigenous people that like lived near me, except maybe like my mom. So it was also kind of isolating and sometimes it was easier just to try and push it away but that probably hurt me some too growing up so i I just am trying to always figure out the best way for me to be
4: today i think we have to learn how to live in two worlds the world that we really came from, indigenous people, indigenous families, and understand the outside world. Do we have to really abide by the rules from Whatcom County, state of Washington, the U.S. government? But in the same breath in the 1800s, a federal judge defined Native Americans as sovereign people. We have to remember that. More importantly, the federal government utilized the six nations in the northeast coast they took their program and developed it into the us constitution so they utilized the native american way of life yeah those are really great things that we need to be proud of of the history of who we are as indigenous people more importantly family family to me is slowly separating, maybe colonization, um,
10: I don't know. And I feel like with colonization, they have impacted not just our culture, who who we are, our identity. I feel like a lot of that has been stripped away. I think being Native American is a, a rarity that I'm proud to be, but also at the same time, you know, that. I could be learning something from my culture, but also I want to make money and pay bills. You know, that type of thing kind of sucks because I live in this era where I have to do these type of things to live. You know, back then, 400 years ago, you know, you never never to worried about that. You know, you you got food, you hunt, you fish, you know, you make certain things. I think life was just easier back then.
4: Yes, we've changed. Is that a good thing? I think each individual needs to have that humility to go to their family leader and ask them why. I try not to change. Maybe a bad thing, maybe a good thing, I don't know. But we have fear today, yeah? Is that part of colonization? Or or is it defining that we're not living the way we're supposed to live? I'm still learning as an individual, as a family member from this community. However, everything I've learned so far, I pass it down to my two grandchildren, who they are, what they represent, and understanding their true gift as the individual. That spirit that they possess is a great thing I think the best lesson I learned from where I come from is to be a strong person. Not, 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 a, not a smart person or a pretty person, but someone who's got principles and who's like tough. Someone who can endure things. And I didn't understand what my dad was saying when I was younger, but now I understand. There, it's really important to be tough and resilient and to survive things that happen and survive things that are said to you and to believe in yourself and keep going even when it's like painful or Mm -hmm.
11: difficult like just keep going and be strong
12: I am the granddaughter of Sue Sueluz and Sunitna Vernon and Nancy Lane. And what would I say to our future leaders, our leaders in training, ancestors in training? Just like grandpa and grandma would always push us out into the floor and tell us, even if you don't know what to say, speak from your heart and say what you're grateful for because uh, this life is beautiful and brutal. And we all go through life and death and loss and struggles. But if we have gratitude in our heart for all those things, then that translates to strength. And uh, you can overcome adversity knowing that your ancestors are there and they got your back. Speak from your heart. uh, Be true to who you are. And always remember where you come from and carry your culture with you.
6: everybody to really dig deep into your roots and find out exactly who you are and where you come from and carry on those traditions because uh, they're dying out a lot of people don't speak their native language and it's it's a sad thing like I think we just need to encourage the youth to to know who they are know their traditions know their culture so they can carry that on so it doesn't die out
5: Native youth, I mean, it's it's so hard to live into what it is today. I'm from an older generation where there's no cell phones and there's no technology that's so demanding to this day. And what I tell my own children is, we're known as the keepers of this land. And if we can go back to that, we can actually clean up our community more instead of being blinded by a screen. And that's what I always try to tell the younger generations is, we need to go back to going to their smoke houses over here or go to ceremonies or just go visit your elders is one of the biggest things I tell people because that's where our knowledge is and it's fading away and the internet can't capture all that.
0: I was just telling Keith this the other day. You know, one day I would like to dance for my old people and sing for my old people because those are the things that they want us to do. I've always been so afraid of it and scared of it all my life. Now I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful and this is amazing and I would like to be a part of this someday.
4: Great-grandmother spoke about grief. What is grief? How do you deal with grief? Is it part of our culture? Is it part of our learning process? Yes, it was back then. Is it still today? I'm not so sure. Um, I don't think so. I'm gonna be very bold and say I don't think so.
0: A lot of our youth, they struggle with identifying where their struggles come from or where their hurts or pains come from. Um, And so my biggest advice is to ask for answers when you have the questions about what you're feeling and how you're feeling about anything so that you know where you're at so you can start your road of healing or your road to whatever path Creator has for you. It starts with you being able to identify the hurts or the harms or traumas in yourself and living in healing from there on.
7: I would say school is a big thing. Um, Always school. Your culture is another big thing and the hardest thing to do is you got to find the balance. There's a balance for everything and it'll make your life so much easier if you can find that balance. It's kind of like I don't know if, if you've ever been out in a canoe on a single and you look around while you're paddling and you your canoe is never steady but if you look and focus on the direction you need to be and basically focus on from that point a to point b you'll be all right but yeah don't be scared to ask for help it's okay to need help
10: i would say know yourself love yourself um always pick your friends wisely everybody has friends you know but I, i chose the right ones and uh The ones I knew who did bad things, I never kept around too long because, you know, I don't want to be that type of person who's 15 getting drunk or getting high because I'm not going to get anywhere in life. Just try to do your best to express yourself. You know, ask for help because I feel like that's always hard to do is ask for help.
11: I tell them that it's okay and that feeling isolated is... it's hard to forge a connection, but it's worth it. Well, I don't know if I'm the best person to give advice, Uh, I think I made just about
9: every mistake I could as a youth, but I think that would be my advice is mistakes are human. We live in our heads, we think about the past and the future and that's just very human and very normal, just do your best you can to grow from your experiences uh, for the better.
5: Find your identity and then that's when you'll stop doing the drugs and alcohol. That's when you'll stop being in bad relationships. That's when you'll stop trying to find that false familyhood. Once I found my identity, that's when I became this person. This is how I became coach. And so I kind of like want to spread out on helping people find their identity.
2: Thank you all so much for listening and for the support. And I hope you guys join us next time for our podcast. Yay! Podcast is
1: produced by Kylo Pulaski, Michelle Pulaski, Eliza Julius, Isabella James, Ellie Smith, Mark Nichols, and Daryl Hilaire. Branding done by Beau Garreau. And we would also like to thank our other team members. John Carroll, and Natasha Fry for their additional support. Our hands also go up to Dr. Evan Adams, Temris Lane, Jeb Hobbs, Jack Troutman, and Tanisha Jackson for sharing their advice.
2: And we would also like to thank the Northwest Indian College staff and students for sharing their good words. Fred Unningawuk, David Yellow Eyes, Noah Noalani Jefferson, Joe Hilaire Jr., and Terry Williams. A special heishka to Tim Ballou for sharing his wisdom and great teachings. Opening song by Adam Lawrence, Keith Jefferson, and Mark Nichols. Original music by Antone George Family and Mark Nichols. Other original songs by the Yay Podcast team.
7: We would like to thank the Schlachtemis Foundation, Potlatch Foundation, and the First Nations Development Institute.
2: We would also like to thank Steve Point for sharing his beautiful words. We're excited to have him in our third episode of Healing. Yay! Podcast is a part of Children of the Setting Sun Productions. Thank you for listening to Young and Indigenous. Lay Nux Saw. See you later.